Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Hi, welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Lisa McNeely, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm your host for Spotlight on Recruiting, and our show today is How to Recruit Top Talent Like a Professional Baseball Scout. So I am just going to say this. This is probably one of um, – I have so many great guests that come on the show, but um, we have Pablo O'Connor joining us. Um, and Pablo, um, he was drafted and went and played in the um, – drafted by the MLB and went and played, and um, such a unique thing. Um, so I want to first just say, hey, Pablo, thank you so much for being on my show. Hey, hey, thanks for having me, Lisa. I appreciate it. And thanks to um, Women Lead Radio and Connective Women of Influence, as well as your company, Spotlight Recruiting, for having me. This is very cool. I'm excited to um, talk about my experience. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, from our, our listeners, like, you know, because, well, I've known Pablo since uh, his college days, I'm just going to say that, um, and so I had the privilege of being able to watch Pablo play, and um, and uh, when I'd asked him, like, hey, would you be on the show, um, I was expecting a little more pushback than I got, but Pablo was <laughs> like, yeah, let's go. It's kind of like most of, most of everything that you do, Pablo, is like, yeah, let's go, let's do it. Yeah. So before yeah. we go, let's, um, I want to just take a minute. So, Pablo, will you just share with our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course, of course. Um, like Lisa said, my name is Pablo O'Connor. I was born and raised in San Diego, California. I actually attended college up in L.A. over at Aziza Pacific University. Um, at that college, I obtained my undergraduate in business administration, as well as my MBA with a concentration in marketing. Um, from Azusa Pacific University as well. Um, like Lisa stated, I was um, lucky enough to get the opportunity to play college baseball and also advance and continue my baseball career professionally with the Washington Nationals organization. Um, and that was all prior to starting my professional um, career in business as a manager in um, the auto industry. And that's what I do currently today. Fantastic. Um, so mm-hmm. I think, you know, we, because, um, you know, like I said, it's a unique, and I'm just going to put some numbers around this because I, you know, like, um, as you know, although I'm a huge baseball mm-hmm. fan um, and yeah. um, our family are baseball fans. However, not a lot of people know everything about baseball or how they know it's difficult but I don't know if people know how difficult it is to achieve what you achieved. Um, and mm-hmm. so I just did some rough, I just like looked like NCA was my, my source. Um, and uh, just, um, and you know this, but just for the knowledge mm-hmm. of listeners, 0.16%, 0.16%, roughly one and a half of every thousand high school players are drafted into the MLB. Um, so if you think about the number of high schools across the country and the number of baseball programs and the number of kids who, you know, want to go play professional baseball, I mean, it's, um, 
it, it's a unique, um, I think, and difficult. And that's not even just talking college, just getting into college again. I think it's, you know, I don't even know what the stats on that are, but um, uh, it, still. So congratulations to you. Um, so let's do this. Um, let's start with, I think, because I know your story, but our listeners don't know your story. So I just, would you mind just sharing your journey that you went through um, for the MLB scouting and the draft experience? Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, like Lisa said, playing baseball at a professional level, um, it is a very, uh, only a, a very select few get to experience that. And like I said, I was lucky enough to be able to do that. But ultimately, baseball is a sport that essentially starts from when you're a child. And um, the recruiting process and whatnot um, essentially like begins in high school, but obviously everything leading up to it and playing every single day my entire life led me to be able to be recruited and set me up for that success. Um, so in high school, essentially you're getting recruited from um, college, like many different college programs as well as um, professional teams, depending on your level of skill at that time. But the biggest thing with, uh, with baseball and recruiting is that they just don't come to you. Um, when it comes to recruiting in the athletic arena, you have to showcase yourself and put yourself out there in front of the people who are actively looking to find players. So in baseball, and in my case, there were many different showcases and baseball tournaments that allowed me to essentially showcase my talent in front of college and professional scouts. And from there, um, that led me to many different opportunities within um, within the recruitment process for getting into a college. I actually did get recruited at a very early age into college. Um, I think the reason why I did that and I accepted an offer so early is because I was afraid I wasn't going to get recruited and I didn't want to hold out or wait until um, a possible better offer came around. But um, I actually looked up some statistics as well and it shows that there are roughly 492,000 high school baseball players around the entire country. And then um, from that amount, only about nine to 10% of those players continue on to their college career. So it's kind of unique because it seems as if the colleges do have all this leverage in order to recruit, um, recruit high, like a baseball players out of high school and whatnot. But ultimately there are um, a number of high level players. And when you're at these showcases, you have all these different colleges attempting to get the most, um, I guess, valuable players are the highest available talent there. So you do have a lot of colleges recruiting and trying to sell players on their college, their program, um, the future of the young adult's career and what they want to do. So a lot of the recruiting from a high school level, it did, um, it did center around myself and my, around my goals and what I wanted out of my career path. Um, along with scholarships and financial benefits as well. Um, but ultimately, that landed me over at Azusa Pacific University, which, um, which they kind of recruited me through scholarships. Through um, They recruited heavily based on a couple of professional baseball players they had currently in the MLB when I was getting recruited, as well as um, a number of players within the minor league organization and within – MLB, the MLB organizations. Um, so all those things enticed me as a young adult and a young player in high school to, to, um, 
to go pursue my career at Azusa Pacific University. And while I was there, there's a ton of um, ton of opportunities in which we'll have scout days and we'll have players who are being heavily recruited on our team, which ultimately allowed the opportunity for myself to be seen at a very young age. Um, as a freshman, we had um, players, high caliber players that were getting recruited, and that ultimately got my foot in the door because as scouts were watching them, I was being noticed and um, I was able to get my name out there. And then as a junior, um, which is the first year of eligibility that I am able to, or any baseball player is able to get drafted, I was, I was being heavily recruited. It was my best year as a college athlete. And during that year, um, I was getting numerous offers, numerous not offers, but numerous teams um, communicating with me, wanting me to fill out forms, and ultimately wanting to, or had um, a ton of interest in drafting me to their organization. At that time, though, I had to balance um, many different decisions, and these, this is a major life decision for me that would ultimately lead my life in two different directions. One, um, leaving college and playing professional baseball and the other one, staying in college, obtaining my master's degree, and then ultimately seeing if I could take that professional baseball route the next year. Um, there were that decision was surrounded by financial um, financial motivations. It was surrounded by professional motivations, and um, ultimately, I had to decide what was going to be the best decision for me at that time. Um, it was not an easy decision, but at the end of the day, the numbers didn't line up for me as a junior when I was getting drafted. So I ended up turning down the offers that were presented to me and continued to play baseball my senior year at Azusa Pacific University. Um, luckily, I was able to get drafted the next year as a senior at Azusa Pacific University. And from there, I was able to play and, um, yeah, play and achieve my dream of playing in the professional um, major league baseball system. And from there, from there, I, I played and the expectations that I had versus what, um, what I actually experienced when I was playing, it was drastically different. And ultimately I had to make the decision for myself during my second year to retire from baseball and to move on to, um, move on to my professional career and start my professional career um, in the business side of life. Fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. So I, yeah, there's so much there. And so I'm just, I'm going to just start to pepper with questions. Um, so, but before, yeah. before I do that, I want to just take a quick break um, and just thank one of our sponsors. So don't go away because we're going to, we're going to dive in deep here and Pablo's going to share some um some specific details with me. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so we're just going to take a quick moment to recognize one of our sponsors and partners. Uh, Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good, and we're working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and opportunities created by technology. 
Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. Thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all of our sponsors and partners. Okay, so we're back on how to recruit top talent like a professional baseball scout with Pablo Connor. So Pablo just took some time to share just kind of what his experience was. Um, and I know that some of our listeners are going to want me to dig more on, like, some of the um, – the big challenges and, you know, specific things you did to be seen. Um, but we're going to talk about, like, the recruitment aspect because that's what our show is about. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that you had said is, you know, uh, it is it starts out in the long haul, right? It started out in mm-hmm. high school and then it's in college. And you have um, – now, there's definitely things, like, for high school students, and, and I just know from personally, um, you know, because I have um, some college athletes, uh, in my family, um, is, you know, mm-hmm. getting out there. Because you, if you have great players that are with you, with, in the organization that you are, then you will have those scouts and things coming to watch. Um, however, mm-hmm. if not, um, sometimes you have to do outreach. Um, but my point was being is that what you had said is that, you know, they were coming to you, they were seeing you, they were seeing other players. And I think from a recruiting aspect, um, a lot of recruiters, um, some of the things, and it, it shouldn't be an aha moment for them. However, it's, hey, you need to recruit where your candidates are. You need to go where they are and where they hang out. Um, and it's not always just, and it could be online, but it could be at, like, different types of events. Um, and so one of the things I think, you know, is we're trying to talk about, like, hey, if you want to recruit, like, a baseball scout, you need to be where they are. You need to be where that top talent is. Um, and I think, you know, just one of the examples that I have is, and I shared this with you, Pablo, when we were talking, is I had a client that um, was opening, um, a, he was a physical therapist, and he was opening his own clinic and uh, wanted to, needed to hire. He had physical, he's opening a second location. So he had his physical therapist that he had. And then he needed to hire more. And he was like, I just don't know where I'm going to get them. And I said, well, you know what? You have some time because you're planning in advance. You need to be going to the schools. You need to be talking to, like, the professors. Go speak in class. Meet these students. Um, and not – very similar to kind of what the experience you had is the scouts are there. They're watching you play college ball. So kind of the same is, like, from a business aspect is, you know, if you're dry, you're trying to recruit some entry level or professional level or, you know, something very specific, go where they are, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, so that was just one of the things that kind of came to mind when you were telling your story. Um, so, but I, I guess, you know, what I want to ask is, um, you know, as far as the process, what for you was the most exciting part of, yeah. of the drafting process? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So I – I've come to the realization that many people like um, recognition and they like when they like to talk about themselves. Right. So um, every day when I came to the baseball field, I knew that, Hey, there's at least a handful of scouts, if not more coming to watch me play today. So every single time I put on that uniform and I was able to play, I had to play at a high level and I had to bring my A game every single day. And that was exciting. It's exciting to, to one, be in that situation, but also 
to to know that hey, this is the first time in my life where there is no breaks. There is no um, no days I could just kind of coast or take off. Um, this is gonna. I have to play at a high level every single day, even the days I don't want to. And I think that was the most exciting part of this whole process was one, just being scouted on a day-to-day basis, and two, just learning how to push through those days where I might not be feeling like I want to do it or want to play or I might not feeling be feeling as great as I normally do, and um, having to push through that and and um, play at a high level day after day. So that was exciting. Um, that was probably the most exciting part of the process for me. Yeah, yeah. No, well, and I think, you know, um, we we all like to be have a, you know, a pat on the back. Um, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, like you had said, is like having them there to watch you. And, and you know, and I know um, we had talked uh, before and, like at the end of the games, you know, they would come up to you and be like, hey, you yeah. know, um, great job. And, and again, and then telling you like, hey, here's where we think, you know, here's what your strengths are and we think you're so good at and how you can mm-hmm. add value to our team or our program or our club. Um, and I think that, you know, that's a, another lesson from a recruiting aspect is I don't think maybe, you know, it's, we had talked about like recruitment is not just finding the talent, but keeping the talent. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and granted they're trying to recruit you at that point, but I think from a business side of it is we need to be better. I think at, um, identifying, you know, um, individual strengths and, um, talking to those strengths, um, specifically because I, you know, I know that there's some recruiters who are, you know, instead of recruiting for strengths, um, they're, you know, they're, if someone has applied for a role, let's say, um, instead of you're looking for the way to knock them out versus bring them in, um, if that makes sense. Um, because mm-hmm. we do have job specs or qualifications you have to look for. Um, but I, I just think that, you know, it's making sure that, um, that those job postings that we're writing, we're talking about you know, what the candidate's strengths are and talk to them. Like, if you have this, if you have, you know, X, Y, Z, we want to talk to you. Um, and just making it about the person's strengths. Um, if that, I don't know if that makes sense, but anyway, oh, yeah. But yeah. So, yeah. well, let's, you know, so tell me this. So we're, we're talking about, you know, you know, the most exciting part. You know, what was the biggest challenge in the process? Yeah. So during the whole drafting process and whatnot, when I was in college, I remember uh, getting, fielding those calls my junior year from these scouts um, offering me a certain dollar amount and it just being um, not where my bare minimum dollar amount I needed to go play was. Um, So it wasn't, they weren't meeting my financial goals um, in the recruitment process. And I was very clear with, with them prior to the draft where I needed to be. And the biggest hurdle was them being so close, but not to where I wanted them to be. And me having to make my first, ultimately my first adult decision, um, b- b- like first big financial adult decision and turn down these offers that uh, just didn't quite meet my standard or where I thought I was valued. And it's very difficult because like I said, this is a decision in my life that 
ultimately could have led me down two different paths. Um, I'm a believer that everything does happen for a reason, and I'm exactly where I'm at because that's where I'm supposed to be. And I do remember going through the draft process and going through that time as a junior and, um, and just that being the most difficult time, making those hard life decisions that ultimately, um, ultimately brought on a lot of emotions and a lot of stress during that time. But like I said, very, 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 very happy with where I'm at today. And I'm glad that I did make the decision I made to stay and, um, and get my master's degree and play baseball as it is afterwards. Yeah, no, I think that, I mean, I think, you know, for anyone, no matter um, when you're making any type of uh, life change or career change, um, you know, job change, um, it's a major decision. And, um, you know, and I, you know, and I try to share with even like my candidates or, you know, that when I'm making offers, um, or even for folks, you know, even myself, like when I'm, you know, went, you know, into the different roles that I've been in is there's, I guess, you know, the role itself, it's got to meet what your, your personal goals, your professional goals, and then ultimately, you know, it's got to meet financial goals as well. I don't think money is always the complete driver of everything, but we all do have bills to pay. Um, but if it doesn't meet all three of those things, um, probably a, a good bet that it's probably something you shouldn't be doing. Um, so, um, so I think, you know, um, like you said, uh, you know, things happen for a reason and, um, and fantastic. Cause I know, um, and again, hope you don't care if I share this, but um, mm-hmm. I know that one of the, you know, your ability to stay um, and play at Azusa for another year um you know, just from a financial aspect, I mean, you know, looking at the two, I mean, you were able to get them, you were able to play and then also get scholarships and everything so that you could yep. get your MBA. Um, and what a great thing to be able to come out of school with and still be able to achieve that personal goal of, you know, entering and playing professional baseball. So you kind of mm. got both. Yeah, yeah. It's a win-win. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and so, you know, and I, and I, I want, I guess, um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, what did the various teams do to attract you to their their club? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say, um, like I kind of touched on a little bit earlier, from a high school level, they they were very in-depth on what my goals were and what I wanted to do. Um, whether it be educational or professionally with um, baseball, from a professional level, they were strictly on, like, they strictly talked to me about, hey, Pablo, do you want to play professional baseball? Our organization is going to be able to help you do that. And they would do that in a number of different ways. Uh, They would talk about current openings or their team's current status at that time. Like, hey, we're with a, um, a specific organization and, um, right now, our or our organization needs outfielders, which is a position I played. They said, you would be a perfect fit. You're a good power hitter. Um, they would essentially give me all these, like, tell me all these attributes that I had and how I would fit into their organization. And then, um, and then there were other teams who, let's say they did have a good core group of outfielders on their professional team. They would say, hey, we would be able to move you to first base 
or have you be a designated hitter. And they would always find ways to fit my skill set into um, what their organization needs, which I thought was very, uh, very enticing. It made every organization's team enticing to me at the time. And that's essentially how they, they tried to attract um, these young players from college. Yeah. So, I mean, and so, you know, just to summarize, I mean, it's basically they're showing up and they're building that relationship in advance. A hundred percent. Yep. And it's, it's over time, many different conversations yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, and, and again, just for, you know, our listeners who, you know, are maybe in business or even for yourself is, you know, if you do have, cause you know, we're talking top talent, we're talking professional baseball players, um, you know, so it is a niche job, um, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of roles that are that way that are, you know, really tough roles to fill, um, you know, truck drivers being one, nurses, um, you know, just there's not a lot um, in, it, in their heart to fill roles. And I think, you know, and that's one of the things is, you know, you got to show up and you need to build those relationships in advance. Um, because not at the time that you talk to someone, they may not be looking right then, but you never know what's going to happen in the future. Or they might be too junior for the role, but two or three years from now, um, they're going to have that more experience. So, you know, it's, you know, what we call in the recruitment world, we call it pipelining. Um, and, um, and I think it's, again, it's just one of the things that, you know, the MLB, they do a great job or their scouts do a great job of, you know, building that relationship, you know, and, and maintaining it. Um, so I guess, you know, we're, we're, oh gosh, we're almost at time, Pablo. Um, yeah. so, I, <laughs> so I, I, I could just go on and on. I think Pablo and I had sat and talked for like an hour or more, um, before. So I'm mean, going to just, I'm just going to go to the next thing because I think it's, um, uh, so related. Um, and you know, because I know that you're now, you know, you're in a business career. So can you tell me, like, what did you learn from the experience that you now apply into your recruiting and hiring process? Yeah, so what I'll say is that um, now when, as I'm recruiting for employees on um, in the industry I'm in, it it's really important to set realis- realistic expectations for the current job and let them know, hey, like, this is what you're getting into however that may be, but also um, it's extremely, extremely important to figure out what the other person's goals are and what they want to do um, within their career to see if that even lines up for our organizational goals. So what we actually did um, in our organization was we read a book called Radical Candor by Kim Scott. And in that book, they talked about two different types of employees. They talked about rock stars and superstars. So just to quickly define those, rock stars are individuals that, um, that are extremely good at what they do. So they have a lot of potential um, to move up and to do great things within the company, but these type of employees, they're very content with where they're at. And, um, and that, there's a lot of uh, people that are like rock stars, but organizations need rock stars. They need them to, um, to do the day-to-day job and be – happy with where they're at and there's nothing wrong with rock stars but there's also another subset of group called superstars and those in the book they define those as individuals that are high performers and they envision a rapid growth trajectory 
um, within their respective company or even within their personal careers. So you like every organization needs both, and it's important to find out, hey, what kind of um, what kind of person are you? What kind of individual are you? Are you a rock star or a superstar? And then where do we need as a company? Do we need people to quickly climb the ladder or do we need great people in the current position to stay there for a long time and just be happy with where they're at? Hopefully that makes sense. No, I think that's, um, I think that's awesome um, because it's so true. Because, uh, you know, and I think if, you know, if we think about just that, you know, your, your job and your career and the people around you, your colleagues, um, I know that, like, I can think of people that I'm like, oh, yeah, they're a rock star versus, oh, yep, that's a superstar. And I think, you know, from just a recruiting aspect, um, some of the things that you had talked about is, you know, um, you know, setting those expectations. And I think that is, you know, during the, the interview process or the recruiting process is, you know, ensuring that you provide a realistic job review. What is the day-to-day? Um, you know, and I think from like, you know, from just professional baseball, I mean, you know, it is a grind. You have a lot of games that you're playing. It's not always glamorous. Um, and, um, you know, from, uh, I, I think, you know, uh, there's, you know, sometimes in the recruiting world, right, we want to set like, oh, my gosh, everything is just beautiful and wonderful. And, you know, we never have any challenges or problems. Um, but that's not the case, right? It, it never is. We always have, like, something that's going on in our organization. So I think it's, you know, really saying this is what your day-to-day looks like. And, yeah, most of the time it's going to be awesome, but here's some of the challenges and things that you might incur because every role has a challenge. Um, and then, you know, like you had said, you know, how do their strengths, how are they going to contribute to the team? Um, you know, and being able to share that, like, hey, you are going to contribute in this way. But at the same time, making sure that as a leader um, or recruiter is also asking our candidate, you know, what are your needs? What are you looking for? You know, where are you going to be and, you know, where do you see yourself in the next three years? And then that way you can, you know, hopefully identify that rock star versus your superstar, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, my gosh. So, Pablo, we're out of time. Um, yeah. And I, I want to just tell you, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your experience. Um, I, um, I want to give a special thanks to all of our listeners, both in the U.S. and internationally. You can listen to more Women Lead Radio on Apple, Google, Podcast, Spotify, or our iHeartRadio. Um, we will be back again for another Women Lead Radio show each Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific and Fridays at 2 p.m. So, Pablo, thank you. Thank you, thank you, and congratulations again to um, just your um, professional career um, and your business career and, you know, all of the things that you've accomplished. I think that, you know, you're just an amazing, you're an amazing person and um, glad to, you know, always um, hang out with you. Of course. I, uh, I appreciate all the compliments, and thank you so much for having me. Um, this has been a ton of fun, and um, I'm glad we were able to do this. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, to all our listeners, go forth and hire and make me proud. Have a great day. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, 
resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.